Sinistar. Run, coward! Welcome to Scary Pair, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. And I'm a skeleton. Oh. Opal. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't either. <laughs> it's and this week it's time for some for some spooky film reels. Fit in the like film reel sound in this over me talking. I okay. will <laughs> Uh, we watched Sinister, uh, 2012, directed by uh, Scott Derrickson, starring Ethan Hawke and Juliet Rylance, and a few other people. Uh, but before we get into that, oh boy, what have we been up to this week? We watched a couple horror movies this week. We did. We had a fun little uh, double feature. We did do a double feature. It was an accident, though. <laughs> We just happened to watch and want to watch another movie after we finished our first one. Yeah, we're we're not usually like a two movie a night uh, household, but we were feeling it. It was just kind of like, oh, let's just roll into it. Yeah. Uh, so we did. Uh, we started with Videodrome. That movie rocked. Yeah, that was great. I love it. Um, very very Cronenberg. I didn't realize how many of his that I actually need to watch. Yeah, I really because haven't there, seen... there are a lot of ones that I haven't seen that I really want to. Yeah, I haven't um, like actually seen that many Cronenbergs. I also realized while watching this that like the only thing I know James Woods from is uh, being a shithole on Twitter and Hercules as uh, <laughs> as uh, Hades. Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like him. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I I enjoyed. Uh, I like James Woods' screen presence in this in video. He, he's good in video drum. He is. Yeah, he's he's got the right kind of like smarmy uh, attitude that you need to have to play that character. Also, would be a good double feature with like Crimes of the Future for sure. I mean, yeah, all of Cronenberg's movies are just like this uh, to to a degree. Yeah, but I get the impression that maybe those two like lean into it, like the the body horror really hard. I also want to watch like The Brood, for example. I think that's another one. Yeah, I th- I think uh, it's safe to say uh, we enjoy. But I think Cronenberg stuff like Scanners stuff. isn't really like that. Uh, I don't know Scanners. I don't is know. Fun. I haven't seen it. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, I do. I do want to see that. Yeah. Um, Some more than others, I think, is my point. Yeah. Uh, and then we also watched uh, Mad God. That was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy the entire time. That is the uh, stop motion, like basically 30 year project by uh, special effects guy Phil Tippett. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, as like a, you know, a fun special effects uh, thing to do. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it as, like, a feature film. Like, it definitely has things that it's, like, weirdly saying at parts, but I think it's very, like, you would feel, oh, this is too deep for me, when it really isn't saying anything, like, that groundbreaking, I guess, but visually it's incredible. No, I I treated it more like um, I was on, like, some kind of weird uh, ride or something like that. It is like that, And yeah. just around every corner, there's a new weird guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the weird guys are, are pretty cool looking. They're pretty good. Uh, a lot of um, 
bodily fluids yeah. and things. It's very gross, but it's very awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, had, I had a decent time. Not the kind of thing I'm really going to, like, go back to, I don't think. But... No, I don't think that's going to be one of my mushroom movies. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. Uh, if you're into, um, you know, crazy stop motion stuff, it's if you love the art you. of like stop motion and you like a, a little bit of like fucked up stuff, like give it a try for sure. Yeah. Uh, we also watched Jaws for like the fortieth time. Yeah, I we've seen Jaws a lot, but all, it's all time really, movie. really good, incredible Always. movie. Uh, every time I watch Jaws, I find like a different one of the main three actors really like impresses me with their performance. Uh, and this time it was Robert Shaw for sure. Uh, I went and, like, looked up, like, every other thing that he's been in and, like, added some of it to, like, my letterbox watch list. Like, I gotta just get more of this guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all three of the main dudes are amazing, obviously. But like I said, it's a different one that, like, blows me away, like, every time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Dreyfus head. Yeah. Uh, I like some of his, uh, I would say, like, lesser well-known movies, like uh, Let It Ride and What About Bob? What about Bob? It's two, funny. Two, like, family movies for me, which is kind of strange. They're just, like, decent comedies with him. Um, yeah. Being, what about know, Bob makes a lot of sense for your family. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, you know, it's Jaws. It's great. Yeah. I uh, had a good time with that. Love it. Good, uh, just need to throw something on movie, for sure. A lot of kids eat it in that movie. <laughs> yeah you said you like, forgot how many people die in that movie See, i've seen it a lot of times but i feel like every single time i always forget like the crazy body count that it has yeah i mean it's... like i remember like three and it's always like five or six i mean it is a killer shark yeah it, it's a serial killer shark let's not get it twisted yeah. he, he is a serial killer yeah uh, but we yeah. should watch some Jaws sequels sometimes, though. This game oh, really boy. goofy. I've not seen like any Jaws sequel. Yeah, uh, I don't think anyway. We uh, need to get some three D glasses and watch Jaws three. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, we're also continuing our reality TV show binge with a bunch of Survivor. Uh, so, so basically, what happened was, uh, we got mad at Master Chef Junior, <laughs> <laughs> and we stopped watching it. Because there's a fucking kid that ruins everything. We just we just watched an episode of MasterChef Junior, and the the kid ruined everything again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a kid that made me mad. Yeah. Um, don't so, come at me. <laughs> I, I don't know. And just, then and then the finale for this season, Survivor happened, and we got mad <laughs> again. <laughs> but we got so mad that we're gonna go back and watch every single season of Survivor. <laughs> I think. I have, like, a list on my phone of the, like, 20 of the 40 Survivor seasons that you haven't seen, and we're going to watch all of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm making progress. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Survivor. Uh, you know. I think the funniest part of the the newest new season's finale is it was the last person that we both picked that I avoided picking because I thought they were going to get medevaced. <laughs> You mean, so you mean in the fantasy draft of the people that we did, Yes. this person went last, and I knew they were going to go last because I knew you were not going to pick them. I think if, listen, if Survivor <laughs> went the full 39 days, that man would have died. <laughs> I, I promise you. you. I believe you. Uh, yeah, that season, the end of it kind of sucked, but it was a good season. We had a good time. So we're like, let's... Bring back 39 days. 
This is your this is your hot take. Yeah. You're a you're a long haul person. I am. Yeah. Uh and required fire making sucks. A little bit. Yeah, I mean final four votes always suck in Survivor is the thing. New Survivor is so weird. That's why watching like season one is really exciting for me because you get more of like the survivalism element. You get to see what life on the island is like and like their picks make more sense for their situation, I guess. I think the thing that I really like about season one, which is the season we're watching right now, and I've seen a couple times, if you haven't seen before, is it's just really slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, not I kind of like that, though. Not only in just the it's the full 39 days, as opposed to the like abbreviated seasons they do now, but also just like the strategy moves really slow. There was like a whole scene about how... like. A guy made a, a bowling alley, and that's, like, all he did for five hours was try to make a bowling alley in the sand, and, like, it, it pissed a bunch of people <laughs> off because they were like, he could be in the forest foraging for nuts, and instead he's making and his tapioca. bowling alley. If we, if we go to vote, I'm going to vote out him next, and just, like... Yeah, see, because, like, it's actually, like, a survivalism show that they need to survive. It makes you want to keep around, like, good providers and things, like... People who can fish, people who can build shelter. Now it's just like breakneck and that shit doesn't even matter. Yeah, it's like all strategy now. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, uh, it's an enjoyable uh, reality TV show. You can see watching season one like why there are 40 fucking seasons. Oh, it's an insane premise. Yeah. Definitely. Um, But yeah, so that's our our, uh, intro. That's our reality TV corner. Yeah, our reality TV recap. One, one day we're gonna have like a, a side content for reality TV. <laughs> you're you're talking about how like one day we're gonna have like a Hell's Kitchen show, and that's just like very likely. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I guess we'll have to see what show it ends up being because there are so many. There's so that many. Could be really good. All right. Well, with that, let's get into Sinestar. Our movie. Uh, Rotten Catward. So yeah, Sinister. Uh, this is a movie that I associate really hard with the first movie we watched for this podcast. I was gonna say that too. I basically have those two movies, like Insidious and Sinister, like joined at the hip. Like, yeah, they're very similar kinds of movies. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both 2012, right? Um, but yeah, I want to say I do like this one way, way more though. Yeah, I think this is the better of the two. Um, this, So I guess just like the, the really quick idea of this movie is uh, a a true crime author uh, moves his family into a new house and uh, encounters a demon and it's a bad time for them. Uh, I, think, I think the first time I showed you this movie, you described this as the stupidest horror movie family you had ever seen. <laughs> and I think I'm obligated to agree with you. It is a really... It's very severe. I'll just say, uh, I like this movie. I do not like this family. Not one bit. <laughs> it's, um... They are required to forego a lot of warning signs and common sense for the sake of the movie. Yes. I mean, that is just a horror movie thing, but it's kind of glaring in this one. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, we can we can just, like, kind of get into the summary, and then we can kind of, like, bring stuff up as we get there. Um, oh, I guess just one more, uh, like, note on this movie is that it's pretty well-regarded overall. Um, it, I think... 
even more now than when it came out possibly yeah, yeah when it came out it, it made money um it had it like, definitely did it had a box office of like 90 million on a budget of like 3 million um not as successful as some of the stuff that uh the director derrickson has done uh previously like he did the exorcism of emily rose which made a bunch of money all of his movies have actually made money uh he parlayed though this one into working on doctor strange Mm. um but then got kicked off of doctor strange 2 um so yeah uh he's back to horror movies now i couldn't care yeah i mean this movie was definitely on my radar when it came up because when it came out because i mean people were talking about it yeah it came out obviously um it, it you know it's a blumhouse movie it's got that blumhouse stink all over it um, it does it does the other thing that ties this movie like directly to uh uh insidious to me is the that, yeah. that blumhouse uh aura this era of blumhouse definitely. yeah specifically the like um trying really hard to be a pg-13 movie um which this movie fails at it's rated that's, r <laughs> that's a very interesting part that i read about just because like i would have hated it if this was a pg-13 movie i think if it were, it wouldn't be nearly as cool. And I think just the fact that it's content, it couldn't get away with that. Like, it's it's still fairly bloodless and there's it, not a lot of cursing and stuff. It is I think like, that is... I think that helps it a lot. The The way I would describe this movie is that they, um like, specifically didn't have, like, any... Almost any blood or, like, swearing in the movie because they were angling really hard for a uh, PG-13 rating. And then the movie just went a little bit too hard and got an R rating anyway. And yeah, you can like, kind of you can kind of smell it at parts, but I, I think, yeah, it's it's got some gruesome stuff in it that I really enjoy that I like it better for. It's funny because I think like um, if this movie had toned it down and had been like a PG thirteen horror movie, I think it would have done better in the box office. It would have been just another one of the like. Blumhouse I think it would be horror movie way things. more forgettable. But yes, I think it would have like almost none of the kind of like reach that it has now yeah, because, because that's what it has going for it. Is it has like, like a crazy body count. There is a ton of child death yeah. and things like that and very violent deaths even if they're bloodless. So yeah. 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 Um, all right. Well, I think that's enough preamble. Uh, let's get into our summary. Let's go. Uh... So we open on a family of four being hung. Yeah, it's it's a cold open for yeah. sure. Um, I forgot that they just show you this right out the gate. Yeah. This is the first thing you see. You're going to see this family get hung a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. They're going to return to this footage. Um, it's like very specifically you like never see like the person that's committing the crime. It's like on like a tree in a backyard. Yeah, it, it's shot in a way that like. There's a branch of the tree doing the the heavy lifting and yeah. the hanging, so yeah. there there is no perpetrator yeah. scene. Um, and that leads us into the the title card, and we meet uh, Ethan Hawke as Ellison uh, and family as they are moving into their new house. <laughs> you said this is such an obnoxious name, but I think it's supposed to be a dig on Harlan Ellison. I guess, but he is just, like, you have all these people in this movie trying to, like, be really, uh, uh, like, Ellison, what are you doing? And it's, like, it sounds so stupid. It's a crazy thing to name your child. Um, uh, anyway, as they're, like, uh, unpacking and moving their boxes in, uh, the cops have pulled up. Uh, one of the cops, like, is thinking about asking for the dad's autograph. 
Um, yeah, specifically the cop that is played by Eddie from It. Yeah, we're going to talk about him. He does uh, kind of a good job in this movie. I uh, mean, he's very good at playing those kind of like neurotic guy characters, obviously, because he has like that face and that voice. Yeah. So. Um, meanwhile, uh, the family's daughter, Ashley, is painting on the wall. Um, she's not the best actor. No, no. I mean, there have to be child actors in this because of, like, the story and stuff. But, yeah, she's not. I mean, also just free painting on the wall of a house that they don't want to stay in. They just bought this house, yeah, too. You're Uh, ruining the value of our property, honey. Yeah, uh, very, very weird shit. Uh, she says that, oh, I liked my old school and my old house. Except I'm, I'm giving too much of a performance there <laughs> the way she says it is i like my old school and my old house my old house anyway uh apparently uh the cops are not fans of uh ellison uh the sheriff uh comes by and is like hey you should pack up and go home um, yeah this is where we get the background that he's like a true crime author yes because so... he he hasn't uh <laughs> done very favorable work for like cops in the past so they hate him yeah uh he he's had like a a best-selling book um researching like real cases apparently he's like caused some trouble for small towns with uh cold cases for his last couple listen listen seeing his methodology i can see why yeah uh definitely um this guy's nuts um and we also find out here that the house that they're moving into uh is the scene from the beginning of the movie yeah. Uh, the, like, kind of open ends with uh, the Tad, like, gazing out into the backyard, and you see the tree complete with, like, the broken tree branch. Yeah, I think I asked you, what if Harold Schechter moved into <laughs> the house of the people he wrote about? Yeah. Um, uh, up in the attic, uh, Allison finds an old box of film reel and a scorpion, uh, which he yeah. kills. Uh, I don't know if those are local. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the family settles in for Chinese takeout. Uh, So, he has found evidence at a murder scene. That's right. (laughs) He's not going to uh, disclose this in any way to anyone. We'll talk about it in a minute. He doesn't know what the film reel is. It's like the only thing in the attic. Um, Uh, If something is left behind from a family that was murdered, I think that's called evidence. Well... But, I mean, presumably if it's, like, left up there, then, like, nobody cares what it is, right? Like, somebody's looked at it before. Uh, I don't know about all that. I mean, we'll we'll learn that uh, the, the box has uh, properties. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Mom, uh, a.k.a. Tracy, played by... Br- uh, British wife. Yeah, Juliet Rylands. Uh, she doesn't want to hear about uh, the atrocities. Uh, she's not into the whole moving around and, uh, writing true crime novels thing. She had a divorce a long time ago. Yeah, she's like, I liked you better when you wrote fiction. Uh. Uh, I liked you better when you wrote fiction. Stop, stop. Yeah, she, she has, like, a horrible British accent. I think that's just her voice. Let's not call her voice horrible. It's British. I think I can. I think I'm allowed to do that. Okay, fine. I'll Uh, let it go this time. (laughs) You defender of the British... No, no, historically, not. But uh, they're not going to have her put on an accent. Uh, Ellison is, like, really consumed with writing his uh, next novel after a few bad ones. Um, Tracy threatens to leave him if this one goes badly, 
which they seem like weirdly cool and chill about. Like she, <laughs> she's like, uh, if this goes badly, I'm gonna go move in with my sister and my mom. Is that fair? And he's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. fair. And then they just kind of like hug it out or whatever, and it's like, okay. The the vibe between these two is very strange. Very weird. Like, um, uh, we have been sleeping separately for years, but they don't. Yeah. Um, he goes to uh, set up his pin board in his office with the colored string and everything. Yeah, this this motherfucker thinks he's Michelle McNamara. What the fuck? Uh, and he's gonna watch the... He's gonna the, solve the case. He's gonna watch the film reel, reels he found. Um, which, we get a really uh, basic, happy family montage, which ends with the hanging we saw earlier. Call someone. Uh, he writes, like, some really basic notes here. I kn- I cannot get enough of his stupid guy notes for the <laughs> audience that would not help in writing his, anything his in notes, any way. His notes such as, where are you? How did the films get there? Who made the film? Where is she? Where is Stephanie? <laughs> Why would you film it? <laughs> Who filmed it? This is extremely insufferable like talking directly to the audience like not even veiled it's not for him it is not for this guy like you cannot tell me like these are he writes also in like big block letters that like he's writing on like a, a lined notepad and like each letter is like three lines high on the notepad it's like ridiculous um just the the kind of like talking directly to the audience with text on the screen that yeah. i hate yeah it's um, funny though it is very funny. Um, after doing uh, his research, he notices some strange noises in the house, but it's just his daughter, Ashley. Uh, she has, like, a spooky doll in her room. She's painting spooky shit on the walls. Like, there are clouds dumping rain on unicorns. I think she saw Nope. <laughs> it's, uh, it's spooky. Um, uh, Allison watches another uh, family murder tape. Uh, this time, a family gets chained up in a car, which gets uh, firebombed. Uh, this one probably lost them the PG-13. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do it here that this, there's like a pretty nice, like creepy soundtrack over these movies. The music uh, is really creepy. I feel like that would take you out of it if this tried to be like purely found footage. Like people really hate a soundtrack in found footage, but the fact that it's like surrounded by a normal movie like a beautiful pastry on a beef wellington helps it a lot <laughs> like yeah it, it's the sound from the normal movie not like the sound from these home videos yeah is the yeah. vibe that you get um the composer for this also did the soundtrack for the grudge which okay pretty good uh there's also i've seen some people claim that some of the soundtrack is by ambient dark metal bands but i couldn't find any sources for this I would believe it. It's really creepy. I like yeah. it. It's it's unique. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely like a cool vibe. Um, Ellison's like, oh shit, I should probably uh, report this to the cops because now I have evidence of a murder in my uh, house. Yeah, um, yeah. But then he like stands up so that he his eyeline perfectly catches like his framed book that went really well, and he's like, oh no. I gotta get my next bestseller. This goes, he's not gonna... this goes beyond like a manufactured character motivation. Like this gets stupid, like straight up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he gets distracted by uh, some more strange noises. This is gonna be a theme of this movie. 
uh, where the kind yeah, of... Some, it's basically just always some guy is walking around upstairs. Here, here's, here's the rhythm of this movie. The rhythm is you have some horrible family scene where you're like, oh my god, this family needs like family counseling yesterday. And then it's going to be... Uh, he goes to work, and by work, I mean he watches a film snuff reel films. of a snuff film of a family murder. Uh, and then he gets distracted by some weird noises in his new house and goes wandering around in the dark for a bit. Yeah. Uh, He's then, drinking the entire time, which I think checks out. Yeah. Uh, those those That like pattern is going to repeat basically for the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's it's okay. Um so, uh, he, he finds, uh, we get, like, some pretty cool shots, honestly, of him, like, wandering around the dark house here with the creepy soundtrack. Um, he finds a cardboard box shuddering, uh, and then his son, Trevor, like, slips out backwards from the box. So, like, some, like, exorcist bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and starts screaming. Um... Apparently, uh, though, this is just, like, something that happens to him. He yeah, has, you know how night terrors are. He has episodes. How you become, like, a horror movie creature when you're <laughs> in night terrors. They're like, maybe he's just stressed from the move. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hasn't told them he's in a murder house, by the way. Oh, yes. We, we learned earlier that the, the wife and children do not know that this is the fucking house. Uh, yeah, I but, think the son is specifically like, tell me now so I don't find out the hard way. And then he finds out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, which is the kids at school telling him. No shit, yeah. Yeah. Because um, the dad is like famous, fam- famously here to investigate a murder case. And that's like the one thing going on in this town. So, um, The next day, dad is back to the tapes. Uh, this one is a pool party, which ends in a drowning. It's, it is a pool party, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, the actors did this for real. They were, like, oh, really yeah. on the things, and they got, like, pulled into the pool. Yeah, that's kind of scary, because they're, like, duct taped to the chairs that are getting pulled in. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of frightening. Um, For the first time, we see the reflection of uh, Mr. Boogie, who is, There's like, just, listen, you don't know his name, but there's a guy in the pool. Uh, and there... he also did that for real, and it was very <laughs> funny reading about there, there is a creepy guy who's got, like, no mouth and, like, a white face. Uh, Listen, I think we're going to have to talk about the design of this a little this bit. This is maybe uh, the time to say that this character is based on a random flicker drawing the director found and paid $500 for. Yeah, but first they wanted to make him look like uh, Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka for some <laughs> reason. They wanted him to be, like, alluring... Like, for because he like kills kids, right? So he's supposed to like lure children, so he's supposed to be like whimsical. And he's like, No, that's fucking stupid. And then he starts googling like horror guy in like Google, <laughs> and then he finds this and he's like, Hmm, that's exactly what I want. And I think the comment that was really funny that stood out to me is like, He was like, It doesn't look too much like a death metal band guy. <laughs> Which I find issue with. It, it looks quite a bit. It like looks a, just like, like a, a death metal, a death metal, metal guy, guy with, with white face paint on. Yeah. Um, some of that stuff, I don't know how much of that stuff is actually real and how much of it is them just making shit up. But it sounds so stupid that I believe it. Producers are like this. Yeah. Listen, I believe it 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, uh, Trevor gets in trouble at school for drawing a family of four being hung from a tree uh, in permanent marker on the school whiteboard. Yeah, he found out. No yeah. shit. 
Uh, but Elsa is like, hey, come on, it's not like I'm... Hey, come uh, on, it's my birthday, hey. <laughs> come on, I'm a true crime author who's exploiting a local town's tragedy for fame and fortune. I'm not a bad guy here. This isn't my fault. At one point he says that he wants this to be his in cold blood. <laughs> Which is just Hilarious. something. Um, anyway, it's back to the tapes. This time another family of four gets their throats slit. Uh, Ellison's so fucked up by this that he's drinking whiskey right out of the bottle, man. He's drinking the whole time. The whole time, but, like, it's getting worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he's going, like, frame by frame through these, uh, uh, videos looking for clues. Uh, he, uh, finds one of the cases that the tapes, uh, is related to. Um, and it By was turning also... down the contrast. Yeah, he turns the contrast down, and now he can read a label in the, yeah. in the thing. Um, and he's like, oh, this one also had, like, a family of four where three people died, but one of the kids went missing, just like the case that I'm investigating now. Um, the power goes out, so it's time for another walk around the dark house with some weird noises. Uh, uh, this time he grabs a kitchen knife and heads up into the attic. Because the sounds are, like, coming from the attic, I guess. I guess they're always coming from the attic. I don't know, because, like, the last time he just, like, stumbled upon one of his... The last two times, actually, he stumbled upon one of his kids in the dark. So, like, grabbing a <laughs> knife and just walking around is, like, this is just, like, a speed run to stab your kid, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a great point. Um, but also, get a gun like a normal American dad. Uh, anyway, he uh, spooks himself out a whole bunch up in the attic. Uh, he sees a snake up there. Uh, and he finds a drawing with a diagram of all of the murders uh, drawn in like a cartoony style with kids' names. like they're... Yeah, they're like kids' pictures of murders. Yeah, and they're all labeled like, oh, this is the, the, the pool party or the family dinner or whatever. Uh, they're not very good diagrams. I'm not sure that I could assume much from the directions that these are giving. The I would say the only notable thing, really, from the diagrams is that they all feature a character named Mr. Boogie in them. Yeah. Which is, this is where we see his name. Uh, Ellison then uh, falls through the ceiling? Yeah, the I, don't, I think this is just his fault. Yeah, he's just walking around the attic and just kind of falls straight through. Um, they call the cops? I don't know why you need to call the cops <laughs> about your drunk husband fucking stumbling <laughs> through the attic. Yeah, they like patch him up. Uh, and then uh, James Ranson playing the uh, dumbest cop on earth is uh, talking with him. And he's like, you sure you don't have squirrels up there? Uh, and... Couldn't have been a snake. Snakes don't have feet. <laughs> I, I kind of got a laugh it's, over it's... over this dialogue about snakes not having feet, but scorpions have feet, but they don't sound like squirrels. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, just uh, he also asks, uh, "Hey, could you put me in the acknowledgement section of your new book?" Um, and Allison is like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, sure, maybe I can make that happen for you. Can you just look up these other cases that he's kind of stumbled into?" Yeah, do into? do illegal dirty work for me first. Yeah, give me access to the police records, please. Um, next, it's time for him to uh, watch some of his old interviews where he says he'd rather cut his hands off than write for fame and money. This is some drunk, deadbeat dad behavior, for sure. It's, like, kind of trying to show you, like, how far this guy has fallen, because clearly the only thing he cares about is fame and money, because they have, like, they have the house that they're in right now. Is huge. 
which is huge, which they're like only staying in while he writes this book. And then they also have their other house, which they're selling, which we will get to. Oh, it's crazy. But just a family that can afford to have two houses at a time and their kids are provided for. Yeah, like the... He's a best-selling author. Like, yeah, he had two kind of bad books, but, like, he's on some kind of deal. You know, like, he's good. Uh, anyway, uh, back to the tapes. Uh, he's uh, zooming in on footage of uh, Mr. Boogie. Enhance. I think you said that uh, he looks like DePiglio here. No. <laughs> no, I just made a joke like, is that DePiglio? He's <laughs> <laughs> running at you like a badass right now. Uh uh, but he gets a call back uh, from the deputy who has some information on the other murders. Uh, apparently, one of the families uh, that was murdered used to live at the home of another one of the families. And Oh, that's no, so it's, weird. It's the, the house of the family that they're in right now used to live in. Uh, one another in, another family. In house. one of these murders that he wants looked up. Uh, and Which, concerning. Things are becoming more concerning. Yeah, things are becoming more concerning. Also, all of these cases involve a missing child. All of these cases involve... A family of four or five, which yeah. they are, also are. Yeah, that's right. Um, he uh, goes Red ba- flags. He uh, goes back to the footage here, which starts being creepy. Uh, you see Mr. Boogie's face, like, move uh, in, yeah, like, a still shot. He's, like, looking away, and he's looking at him like, you talking about me? You talking about me to the <laughs> cop? Uh, he also sees footage, which I'm not sure how you would have, of, like, him getting pulled into the through the floor of the attic where like little gray hands are grabbing him yeah like little kid hands but i think the implication is that no one was there no one could have that picture so yeah it's... no one was filming him so yeah. it's like what is this um uh that night uh he finds the tape of the people hanging uh playing in his office um which he's always supposed to keep locked apparently um and he, because he's traumatized his children enough apparently yeah uh and he thinks he sees mr boogie out in the bushes uh, his head's just out there in the bushes uh when he goes out there he finds that it's actually uh his son trevor who's just out there uh yeah night terrors yeah apparently though like this is him getting worse uh they say this is like the worst it's ever been uh when your son just like shows naked up in the bushes shows up outside naked in the bushes yeah um, so his wife at this point is like, hey, uh, you should stop. Uh, but he like freaks out, especially when she calls him an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, if you're, if you're binge drinking whiskey every night to cope, I think that's what that's called. She specifically says, hey, you're like going to the bottle way earlier than last time. And it's like, oh, that sounds like, um, yeah, <laughs> this is also just like weird writer culture things like, oh, I, I, I use substances when I can because that's what I do to write. Haha. <laughs> it's. A very, yeah. uh, I've read about Stephen King doing that we've, in the 80s. We've all read about Stephen King. Uh, but then just, like, they drop it, like, immediately, these two. They just, like, kind of make up and are calm again. No, I wish she would pursue these things yeah. a little bit harder. She's clearly, like, willing to fold at, like, any moment of tenderness that he shows her. Like, it's a little bit sad. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the next... Love yourself. I mean... We also see a puppy that's really cute. Oh, yeah, he gets spooked by a dog. Uh, it's, and some... it's a Rottweiler. That's how you know it's evil, but I disagree. I think it's really cute. Rottweilers are cute. Uh, also, uh, there's a bunch of, like, spooky family out there. They're, like, or spooky kids. Spooky kids. 
They're, they're, That's what the dog sees. They're weird, like, ghost kids that are, like, standing behind him. He, he doesn't see them. Um, he's got his headphones in. The next morning, the deputy comes by with some files, and he's like, Hey, it seems like, and I'm no expert here, these murders might be connected. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking genius, bro. Uh, and he's like, you know, if you don't want me to, like, spill the beans to the cops or whatever, uh, you gotta kind of clue me in on what's going on here. Uh, and he's like, okay, Ellison, like, breaks down his findings. Um, I guess sometimes, like, the killer drugs their victims rather than overpowering them. So it could be the same guy, because these killings go back to, like, the 60s or whatever. He could be, like, an old man. Uh, and then there's always an occult symbol, uh, left somewhere at the murder, and one of the kids always goes missing. It looks like a, a sick car hood decoration. It looks sick, yeah. Um... Elson's like, hey, uh, I also have this drowning victim tape. Uh, you should definitely go check that out for me. And then we're back to the tapes. We're back. Uh, is this is this the best one this, that we're coming this up on? This one is Lawn Work, <laughs> which is... Which is the best one. A POV footage of a lawnmower uh, just going. And then uh, right at the end, it runs over a guy's face. And then we cut away. It's really, really good. <laughs> it's sick. I think one of the best parts is Ethan Hawke's reaction where he just, like, jumps all the yeah, way up. Yeah, because it makes, like, a really jarring sound. Yeah. Um, this movie, like, absolutely a jump scare movie. It's absolutely, I was gonna say that. It is absolutely a jump scare movie. But it's got more meat than that, I think, to kind of support it. I mean, it is, like, this movie... Like, I think this moment's awesome. If I was gonna say something negative about it, it is extremely by the numbers. Like, all of the scenes happen in, like, a fucking sequence. You get the same scenes over and over again. It's all set up punchline with the scares. However... I kind of like that about it. They do a good job with it. I think they just nailed the vibe of it. And the stuff that they show is actually scary. Yeah. Um, I think I think it is not just a jump scare movie, for sure. Yeah. It's got other stuff going on. Yeah. Um, Allison's like, all right, I'm going to figure out what's going on with these occult symbols. I'm going to call mandatory for like every Every single movie like this every movie like this past like 2001 has to have a cult studies guy demonologist some guy anyway he calls him up on skype or whatever uh and he's like hey what's going on and he and and of course the occult guy is like oh well just based on the symbols that you've shown me i already know what all of these cases are because i've studied this it's a very uncommon <laughs> a very uncommon deity that maybe we made up uh, it's very obscure deity it's a child eater called bagul <laughs> bagul bagul a gabagul uh bagul yeah this is just getting into this you can you can give your diatribe about the lore behind this guy but i will say my piece about what i think about movies like this now because uh, go ahead I I want to call it, like, cool horror guy syndrome. Where, like, everyone had the wrong takeaway from Slenderman that we need to have, like, too many cooks in the kitchen lore for every guy. Like, every guy does too many things. Like, he has to be a child killer. And he has to have, like, Super 8 footage as his gimmick. And then he's also an ancient deity. And he's a snake. And he's a scorpion. And he looks like a death metal guy. It's like... It's like Tyra Banks once told me, take one thing off before you leave the house. 
<laughs> and you wish people would do this for their their own. Take two things off your horror guy before you put them in the movie, because it's too much. No, I mean I agree with you. Like the classic horror guys have very little of this. I feel like it's a lot of these guys now. They're trying to make like a mimetic new guy. Like, hey, look at look at <laughs> look at Magool. He's so cool. I'll, I'll put it this way: like, I would be uh, way less interested in like I don't know. Uh, Jason's backstory if he were also an ancient evil deity. I mean, a lot of them are, but I think people are underestimating the power that just, like, a good design has. Because that's what a lot of them just come down to that get popular. Well, but you don't need to, like, over-explain it. No, no, it doesn't need all that. Worst case of this is the bye-bye man. That is a big one. (laughs) I mean, I say the worst case. That's kind of the only thing the movie has going for it is the stupid fucking name for that guy. Crazy lore. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of these guys have crazy lore like this. I think this one has a little bit of a symptom of that. But Yeah. yeah, anyway. But, yeah, you can just have a scary guy who has one thing that happened I don't, to him. Like, I don't need an like, explanation. He could just exist. Like, we don't know why he does this. Sure. He's just there. That's like, you know? that's like my favorite thing about Black Christmas is, like, you never learn about who the guy is. They never yeah. tell you. He's just a scary guy. I you, think never, it, you never even yeah. see him. Like, it's great. It gets stupid. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, next up, uh, it's time for some more weird night noise happenings. Uh, this time, Ellison is pursued by several uh, ghost kids doing, like, the kind of, like, choreographed, like, run out of frame right as he turns around that you would see in, like, a vine. I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've never seen those, like, vines or, like, YouTube videos where it's, like, clearly a family has, like, made this video together and it's, like, extremely choreographed and, like, the, the mom, like, closes the cabinet, right, as, like, the kid, like, spins out of the way or whatever. Like a music video? Kind of, yeah. Like, okay, go? <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, it's very awkward. Uh, uh, anyway, they all play this crazy prank on him. Yeah, they play a crazy uh, prank on him. Um, and also, <laughs> they draw the hanging scene and Mr. Boogie on Ashley's wall, which... Implies no- that she has done this. But also... Nobody's going to notice this for the entire movie. Yeah. They're going to show it in this one shot, and then it's never going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're not watching their kids. You expect them to be good parents after this <laughs> point. Uh, anyway, Allison uh, passes out on the couch holding a baseball bat. Uh, and the next morning, he calls the deputy over to be like, Hey, am I haunted? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, frankly. And the deputy is like, You know what? Um, Maybe... You're having a mental break and drinking a lot, not saying you're an alcoholic, as like <laughs> enough people are saying this that it makes me want to say. He's this. like, every time I come over, you have a well attended to bottle of whiskey. It's he like, says it in that way. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, and Allison's like, come on, uh, you don't believe in ghosts, do you? And the deputy's like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> you're fucking haunted, man. <laughs> if any house was going to be haunted, it was going to be this one. Yeah, you're. You're uh sleeping in a murder house and your wife doesn't know about it. You're fucked, dude. <laughs> Which um, is the moment that the wife should probably overhear like, "What?" Uh well, <laughs> the next thing that does happen uh is that th- uh they find out that Ashley has painted uh the missing girl uh in the hallway who she's apparently been talking to uh which reveals that oh yeah, this was her house and this is how 
the mom is the last person to find out that they're living in a murder house. So she freaks out. Um, freaks out, but not in a permanent way or anything. Yeah, so uh, Allison does like a, a really kind of evil, like well technically, and then downplays like everything argument with her. They have like fully a, a marriage story couples argument in they, this room together. They have a we should have been divorced two years ago argument, you know? Uh, I agree, yes. Um, she, I wrote down here that she does like the full, I am the greatest good you are ever going to get bit. Uh, but then your family is your legacy. Uh, but then that <laughs> night she's like putting his drunk ass to bed. So she's like, Oh, I love you though, honey. Oh, I love you though. It's so anyway, I'm not blaming her, not blaming her, but follow through a little follow, bit. You could, you could follow through for the I, sake of your children. Um, we get a kind of spooky scene here where he's laying down in the bed and like a flashlight turns on. Uh, it it like, looks like the the POV of like the the murder tapes for sure. Yeah, and it's like someone with the flashlight like walking up to him, and then the flashlight turns off, and then he wakes up, which is like <laughs> ooh, that's scary. Uh, um, he uh, goes to his office and he finds hey the film camera's missing, but I can like hear it going. Um, and he sees the ladder up to the attic has been lowered, so he goes up there. And all of the missing ghost kids are sitting and watching a film of... They're having a movie night. They're having a movie night of Mr. Boogie, uh, who, like, cocks his head to the side into frame and scares Allison. They're, they're watching a best of Mr. Boogie compilation. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, uh, eats shit down the, the attic stairs. Again. Uh. <laughs> I would say, keep your drunk ass <laughs> out of the attic. Uh, and then the box of home movies falls down on top of him as, like, a reminder. Um, he's like, fuck it, I've had it. He takes the tapes and he burns them on his uh, barbecue outside. Uh, and he tells Tracy, we gotta leave the house. You it's, were right. It's evidence that he is burning. Uh, yeah, this is, like, important that the, the cops should probably have this. Uh, but he has no use for it anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, he, he's leaving. Uh they uh, pack the kids in the car. They're going to go move to their old house. Um, but they get pulled over because they're speeding because he wants to get away so bad. I'm just going to say, a guy who's been uh, drinking and seeing uh, terrors in the night maybe shouldn't be the one driving. I know. This is crazy. Um, but the sheriff who's pulled him over is uh, finds out, oh, you're quitting the book? Uh, you can just go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're speeding. Just get out of here. Um, cut to... The craziest house. Their gigantic fucking house. It looks like an academic building. Like, it's nuts. It's multiple stories. It's huge. It's got a fireplace. It's got a giant office. It's got, like, a giant, like, circular stair. Like, it's absurd that they have this it's house. It's cartoonishly absurd. This is, like, a an evil villain Rich from guy Captain house. Planet House. Yeah, yeah. Um... Um, so they're like, but they're not doing in. that well. They're not yeah. doing that well, though. Yeah, they're like, oh, the housing market. Oh, we're paying two mortgages while we <laughs> sell the old place. It's like the old place. Hello. He needs to write another book, or they're going under. Yeah. What the fuck? Um. Uh. Anyway, uh, that night, uh, he gets a message from the occult professor who is like, hey, turns out this Bagul guy uh has another power we didn't tell you about, and that's. <laughs> And that's if you watch or look at any art, like, depicting him, 
then he can, like, that's a gateway for him to take over your life, man. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's another secret superpower that he has. Yeah, and then Allison is like, oh, but what if, what if you destroyed the 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 images the, theoretically then, what the, if i burned the, it all in theoretically a fire? what if i didn't look at the images wouldn't is didn't i aren't i good and the guy's like uh no no uh and we get like ye olden paintings of a dog a snake and a scorpion <laughs> yeah, because like, these are his secret animal transformation yeah, powers these, these are his other things like he has these call these sign his, animals his wonder twin transformations <laughs> Uh, anyway, that night he's like packing up his stuff in the attic, and haha, lol, the home movie box is up there in his attic. But this one's got something extra in it. Yeah, he like opens it. He opens the box and he sees it's the extended cut. Which... Now, Bagul took this envelope and he wrote on it in Sharpie. Yeah, <laughs> like in big letters. Like he had to buy an envelope cut. from the store, <laughs> and he put them in it and left it there. He's such a funny guy. This this is so fucking funny. The concept of like you have the haunted tape and then the ghost leaves the haunted tape extended cut in your new house's attic is Hashtag so funny. Release the Vargul cut. Oh my god. Um anyway, um <laughs> I just think that's so stupid. It's just like what the fuck. Yeah. Um, so Allison gets a call from the deputy who he's been ignoring uh for the last couple scenes, who's like, hey, so uh, I did some research. It turns out all of the families, um, the house that they lived in before they were murdered was the house the last family that got murdered at was at. So that means that you just became... You accidentally did a demon. You became part of the chain, man. You're next in line to get a, a cult murdered. Which we already had the pieces of this for him to know this, but... Anyway, uh, so Allison watches the extended tape. Of course you do. <laughs> What are you going to do? We need Justice League to be four hours long. Uh, which reveals that, oh, you thought, you thought that because Bagul is a child eater and the children went missing, that he ate the children. <laughs> that he ate the children. That he ate the children. But actually, I'm here to tell you that it was really the missing children who were, dun dun dun, committing the crimes. I like this twist. Here's the extended footage of the kids killing their families. Hell yeah. Because they're all... We, we've established that they're all kind of murder methods that, like, a kid could do. Yes, we did have an, a scene where they established that, yes, they could the kids could or could have possibly done these. I mean, I think it's also... Not necessarily, but they're implying, implying that they're, like, easier because that maybe it would be done by an older person if they were talking about, like, maybe someone doing crime since the 60s. But, uh-oh, that could also apply to kids. And, like, in none of the tapes do you see the missing kid. No. So, like, the idea that, oh, it is the missing kid who is filming and doing the murder is, uh, yeah. So, Good we, get, I like it. we I get like that, it. we get that explained to us. Um, he, uh, stands up and realizes that, oops, my drink has been, uh, poisoned or now, drugged. <laughs> we see in the other tape and we see in his mug, they, they illustrate the drink has been poisoned by putting, like, light stick fluid in <laughs> by, it. By putting, like, melted gummy bears in yeah, there. Well, it's very fluorescent. Uh, uh. I think you would notice this. Uh, and Ashley walks over as he, like, collapses onto the floor and she's like, I like that you made the movies longer. They're better this way. Average Snyder Cut fans. 
<laughs> anyway, um, he passes out. Uh, and he wakes up, and the whole family's been uh, tied up with duct tape, just like in all of the tapes. Uh, uh, and, and she does a very metal murder on them. Uh, yeah, she's like, I promise to make you famous again, Daddy, and then decapitates him with an axe, which is sick. Yes, an axe murder. Uh, and the for the end, we get some POV footage of, like, blood on the walls and, like, an occult symbol and the missing kid. And then it zooms out, and oh, Ashley's actually just watching that on like a TV monitor uh, as she draws doodles and the little kid drawing the crime number six with all the other doodles. Now this is uh, another this is another aspect of his lore that he makes the kids like do a doodle <laughs> do of the a crime, doodle like, diagram, a fucking affidavit of your <laughs> of your crime. Uh, and then Mr. Boogie shows up and just picks her up uh, and walks away. He simply takes uh, her into into the 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 TV set. Um, uh, and you see the, the home movies box, and for our, our final little jump scare, uh, he, he, uh, rolls his head over in front of the screen, like, like before, up in the attic, and, uh, spooks you. Hey. And then we... What's up? And then we roll credits. Now, the, the poster for the, for the movie kind of, like, spoils this ending a little bit with the, the blood on the walls. Uh... A little bit. Kind of? I, I guess I mean, if you haven't seen it, you don't know you're looking at that, but... Yeah. Well, but I mean, even like seeing the the blood on the walls and like it's like a girl with like with like dragging blood on the wall, but like you can't really like tell what's going on there. No, but I feel like you could assume. Well, you know, there's like a, the girl's gonna do a murder. You know, a, a little girl is involved and there's a murder, which we know like thirty seconds into the movie anyway. So I I don't know if it's spoiling anything. Anyway, I guess so. I guess so. Um, so I liked it. Um. Like I said, I think it's I think it's very formulaic. Um, I do like it. Yeah. I definitely think it has way too much of that Blumhouse uh, stank on it, where they're you know talking directly to the audience and. Um, I think you can tell it was meant to be kind of like a, a PG thirteen movie, maybe in the, in the wheelhouse of Insidious a little bit. But, but... It, it turns out they made the kills too metal and cool. Uh, so they just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, too much child death and stuff probably to get the PG-13, which I, because, I'm like, grateful for. It just proves my point that you can't make a good movie PG-13. Well, a good horror movie. I mean, if it was good, it wouldn't be PG-13. It's kind right. of your It's kind of your idea. And that kind of is proven with this movie where, like, honestly, it makes a lot of decisions uh, that I don't really like. I don't really like Mr. Boogie. Um, I don't like. I don't family. like him conceptually. I, I don't. I don't I like mean, his the, lore. I don't like. I mean, that's all set dressing for like the cool Super Eight tapes, though. That's like the whole point of the movie for me, and I feel like that makes it entirely worth it. Yes, the whole point of the movie is you watched a cursed uh, videotape, and now you're cursed. Uh, which is good. It's a good. Uh, execution of that i think the tapes are really scary and spooky it, it makes the, sense when you say it that way that this came after like the director had a nightmare after seeing the ring or whatever yeah like it's extremely like that um you know i i think it's pretty good uh yeah the the writer robert uh, cargill says the movie was inspired by the ring uh specifically he like built the whole movie around discovering like the the videotape of a family being hanged which was his, like, central idea. Um, you know, I think he does a good job here. He's, like, reunited with uh, the director, uh, Scott Derrickson, for... He also wrote Doctor Strange, and he also uh, reunited with Ethan Hawke 
and the director to do uh, The Black Phone. I haven't seen that. I've heard very, very mixed things about it. Yeah, that's a uh, Joe Hill adaptation, uh, also in Blumhouse. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this movie, like, is good almost in spite of itself, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of parts of it that are, like, really cheesy and overly fraught with, like, horror cliches, I guess you could say. But I think there is meat to it that I really like, and I think it's doing some really interesting stuff that I don't really see other movies doing. So. Let, let's rate it, because I think that will bring out how we feel about Our it. feelings? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So first off is the spookiness rating. How good were the scares and the vibes on a scale of one to five? I like a four for it. It's a strong scare I movie. do, I do. Like, I think I think the tapes are really really creepy. I think the tapes the, are the, creepy. The soundtrack playing around the tapes is creepy. I also think the like walking around the dark spooky house is creepy. Also, I think they did a good job with those. I've watched a lot of horror movies where it's a dad walking around a dark spooky house that's not fucking scary. Um but they do some good stuff here like the stuff with the sun coming out of the box is really good. Um yeah, it, it the music is awesome for setting the, the vibes and the tone. Yeah. So, yeah, I like 4. It's not perfect, but it's I, really strong. I read something online that, like, some school did, like, research about, like, what's the scariest movie. And based on, like, heart rate of, like, the people watching it and this one out over a lot of other things. It, it was, like, the top one they that, determined. That's, like, a silly way to determine I what know, the scariest I, but, movie is. But, but I don't know how else you would measure that scientifically. I mean, I think it makes sense because it is, like, a jump scare movie about, like, child death and stuff. I mean, I think it is scientific to just ask people. But, yes, I get what you're saying. Where, like, if you want to measure something I just with, like, thought that monitor, was interesting. It is interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't, that seems, like, very, like whatever to me but it's very yeah it's it's up to interpretation but like, I, I just thought that was interesting there's that, a lot of times yeah. where it makes a loud noise and shows a, a spooky thing on the screen after uh being quiet for uh, a few moments before i think so, that's probably yeah. part of it yeah i mean jump scares work on a lot of people but yeah. i mean i'm assuming it went up against a lot of other jump scare movies too so yeah um but I think that it's definitely the strength of the movie is it's scary. It is a scary movie. I think that part works. Um, yeah, I like that part of it a lot. Next up is watchability. How easy is it to just throw the movie on and have a good time? Uh, Opal, what would you give it? I think this is also kind of like a four for me. This, I think it's a really easy movie. This is kind of lower for me. It's that Blumhouse stank on it. It's the times when they, they look directly at the audience and are like, Who's doing the films? Oh, we told you who's doing the films. It's this guy. See, that doesn't hurt my score at all because I think that's really funny. It's, like, funny, but I just find it, like, so, like, talking down to me, the person watching <laughs> it. It, like, makes me have less fun watching it, so it brings my watchability score. I think it's more of, like, a watchability, too. You don't like being condescended to by Ethan Hawke. No, I don't. Uh... <laughs> Ethan Hawke, only good thing he's ever done is marry Uma Thurman. Damn. I'll stand by that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. Last up is the Vincent Price vamp rating, the campiness and overall performances. Opal, what would you give it? Maybe like a three. I, I kind of like like the 
like the camp of having a big black me- like death metal guy just like sitting at the bottom of the pool <laughs> and like kids like turn into the camera and be like shh don't tell them i killed them <laughs> you know what i mean I it's guess, very silly i'm just not very charmed by it i think the kids in like halloween uh zombie makeup are kind of like that makeup for the kids is really bad it looks stinky um, I think all of the acting is pretty bad from basically everybody. Like, I'm not even really bought into Ethan Hawke, who's like... I don't like the adults either. I I think, um... <laughs> I don't know his de- name. The deputy guy? I think, I think he's funny. He, he's I good. think he does a good job. He's probably the best in the movie, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would give it, I would give it more like a two. I think it's just really, like, the, the roughest part of the movie... Uh, yeah, that's why it's kind of in the middle for me because it's not like technically good performances, but I, I mean, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the first movies where there's like kind of a big gap uh, for both of us. I think I gave it well, like an eight, and you gave it an eleven. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I'm just a little less charmed by it than you are. Uh, that's fine. I completely get it. It's very like a normal horror movie by the numbers like if you made a horror movie in a lab it might look like this but also i think it does some really daring interesting stuff with like the snuff film stuff i think that's interesting i mean that's the best part of it like that's why i like this movie i think if you took that part out of it i just wouldn't like this movie at all like no it wouldn't be a movie <laughs> like i mean we wouldn't be talking about it at all well we might be talking about it as like a haha this is a bad movie like the bye bye man but no, there are so many movies that just aren't interesting that are completely mid that I don't want to talk about. Yeah. Um. So I mean, this would just be like a mid Blumhouse movie, which on the balance I'm not really into, and I think you might be a little bit more into. It really so, depends. I mean, yeah. I think for the most part, I don't really like Blumhouse stuff, but I think it's passable in a way that maybe some stuff isn't. I mean. Your your ratings like make sense to me from what you said. It's just like for me, I I agree with you on those points. It's just they matter a little bit less to me overall. Yeah. Apparently, this had a sequel. Yeah. It did good financially, but the reception was not very good. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, I really feel like the the magic of this movie is just in those those tape scenes and like some of the scares and like if you mess up that balance even a little bit the movie's just not good anymore yeah it got like a 14 percent on yeah. tomatoes not that that's um, like the 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 definite scale for like what's good and what's not it just tells me a lot that yeah. it's it's such a gap between this and this one and that yeah. one notable that the director uh did not work on it yeah he he actually like has not had like a uh financial flop i'm not gonna say he hasn't made like a bad movie I'm sure, like, some of those are bad. I don't know. I'm not, like, an expert on his stuff. But definitely feels like the stuff that went well is, like, kind of what the director is in charge of. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, so, overall, decent movie. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think, like... I don't think it's for everyone, but I like it. No, I mean, I think, like, the, the scares are good. The scares are just honestly good. Like, when I say, like, I want... Uh, a scary movie to like kind of hit me over the head with it this movie does it it's good yeah um that lawnmower it's good the lawnmower the best part about it is that it's also kind of funny 
It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny just watching the POV I, footage of the I, lawnmower like going really fast over the I yard. I think I turned and asked you if that would kill someone or not, and we're just not <laughs> we're sure. We're just not sure. We're like, I don't know, it might fuck you up a little bit. It kind of depends on the yeah, angle. Yeah, mess and, up your face. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, how hard the person's like pushing down on it. Murdered by a, a handheld lawnmower yeah. is very funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, the kind of thing that like I would expect to see in like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel you know mm. like it's just goofy um but yeah i think uh that that basically covers how we feel about it i think so yeah it, it is a mid blumhouse movie that actually went a little bit too hard with the scares and got rated r and is better for it it way better for it yeah a lesson to other horror movies but what do you think the bloody version of this would look like I don't know because the whole thing is written to not be bloody up until this point. Like it would just been a, it would actually be worse because it would be you more You think there would be more stuff like the axe murder instead? I think the stuff on the tapes would be more explicit and therefore way less scary. I think I agree. I think it's the the thing that's scary yeah. about them is you only kind of see like the implication of what's going on. You're imagining most of it. Like that's the scary part. Yeah, I think there's some pretty brutal kills for not having a lot of blood and guts. Yeah. I think if you were going to add blood and guts to this movie, uh, don't do it there. Find some other way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is it time? I guess it's time. I've decided. Oh. Bring me the movie sack. All right, all right, all right. Let's go. It's movie sack segment. It's that time of the show. Give them uh, the lore of the sack. This is the part where we decide the movie that we're going to watch next week. Uh, Opal, you prepare a sack of films. And I rifle through them with my dirty paws. <laughs> Clean your hands. My dirty mitts. Uh, and I, I pick a random one. And it can turn into a bat. And that's the movie that we watched next week. Uh, pick the movie. Yes, I will return the sack to its sleeping place. Next week, we're watching The Babadook. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. I've been looking forward to doing this episode since we started this podcast. Yeah, yeah, because... Well, is... let's... Should we... Should we... Do we want to spoil them? Well, we usually say a little bit about our background with the movie before. All right, I, I have not seen it. Yeah. And Opal... I kind of didn't like it the first time I saw it, and I You're, haven't seen it since. You were like a Babadook hater when I met you. I, it's... I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how I we feel. I think you will understand when you see it, but I may end up feeling differently. Just on initial viewing, I didn't really see what the hype was about. I'm interested to see how we both feel about it. Let's see. It's. Uh, I think it would be yeah. great if we came out of it being the only Babadook haters on the planet. I It'd think, be really funny. I think that would be really funny and good. I think if it turns out we both liked it, then you know what? Fair enough. You've uh, learned and, and grown in your horror journey. I, I hated Suspiria too. The first one, I think you said it was like oversensitized to you the first time you saw it. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. But I mean, uh, there, there are different reasons <laughs> i didn't like the babadook the first time yes but we it was will... not about like the viewing experience no, that messed is... up the babadook it for was, you it was the contents and we will talk about it yeah 
All right. Well, uh, I know that doesn't sound exciting, but this is like a great movie to do. This is going to be a good episode. That's why I said I'm looking forward to it. We're either going to come out of this like hating on this movie. We're probably going to like it or hate it. That people like, or we're going to have been convinced. And I think both of those are interesting outcomes. Or I could feel completely mixed about it, which I do a lot of things. We'll talk about it. That's what, that's what threes are for. (laughs) All right. uh, Opal, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at opal.card.co. You can find my links and stuff to my Twitter, Tumblr, whatever. Uh, the podcast also has a Twitter at Scary Pair. We tweet when new episodes come out and new developments happen and stuff like that. Yeah, follow us on Twitter or tell your friends. Uh, share share the, the stuff. Uh, and I'm at uh, putrid underscore imp and puppeteer click on Twitter. Uh, and I also do another podcast at Level With You Pod on Twitter. It is a World of Warcraft classic podcast where me and my friend Austin, who's never played uh, MMO before, uh, play a few hours of World of Warcraft classic every week and talk about it. Very fun. Yeah, we just uh, we just started. We're a few weeks into the, the, the Wrath of the Lich. Well, the old expansion. Well, yeah, I, I know. Uh, from 2008, Wrath of the, the Lich The new King. old expansion. That's right. Uh, we're having a great time. Uh... But yeah, that's going to do it this week. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Thanks. Thank you so much. And it's time for us to go. Oh god, that was annoying. <laughs> time for us to go back to the tapes. Oh god. You you got to play the tape sound now. For sure. Back to the tapes. <laughs> that's not tape. Anyway, goodbye everyone. <laughs> goodbye. We always make horrible sounds at the end. We do. That's our treat to you. Uh, It's not a treat. It's a curse.